Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Okay, so we're starting a new series today. Called Refresh. Sydney, Sydney brought me a little drink today. Uh, it's a lime, cool lime refresher. So Jake, I've asked Jake to be my little buddy today in this. Buddy? Yeah. Would you take a taste of that today, Pastor Jake? What is in this drink? I don't know. Sydney, what is in this drink? <laughs> she works at Starbucks, so. It's just cool lime juice with water and lime wheels. Lime wheels. Oh, and it's caffeine. And it's, there's a lot of caffeine in it, too. Oh. Uh-huh. Stand up, please. <coughs> It's not delicious. Um, go with it. Oh, it's so good, guys. <laughs> Smile. Mmm. So good. I love it so much. It's so refreshing. I picked him for a reason. It's not working. <clears throat> it. Mm. I feel the caffeine working. But the taste isn't worth the caffeine working. But it is cool and refreshing. Oh. Much better. This is cleansing my palate from that terrible taste of that other drink. How does it feel? It's very refreshing. It's water. It's, I feel like it's bringing life to my body. It's not very cool. The other drink was cooler. This one's not very cool. But I like this one better. And I feel like I'm refreshed. Praise Jesus. Okay, we took a couple of sips from this. Do you want this, Cam? Anybody? <laughs> this? Drake? Sitting right here. If you want it, you just come get it. You just come get it. Okay, let's open our Bibles today to Acts 3.19. We're going to talk about a very familiar portion of Scripture, and I'm only going to speak for a few moments. Um, I want to just kick off the series and um, just be simple about today's message, just so as to be a gateway <clears throat> into what we feel like God is wanting to do in the, in the next few weeks in this series. And I believe that God's already started that today in the service. But in Acts 3.19, and I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation today, if that's okay. But it says, And now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed, so that times of refreshing will, st- will stream from, from the presence of the Lord. And so just take another drink of this. I'll try to take a drink if I squeeze. It's harder, isn't it? It's harder. So in that scripture, it talks about repent and be converted, that times of refreshing can come. But, you know, this is what we're going to talk about today. Because if we don't repent, if we don't stay in a place of being contrite before the Lord, it's like squeezing the straw. And I'm not getting anything, am I? I'm not getting anything. And I really feel like the Lord's bringing us into a season as a church to come before him with more remembrance, to come, to wake up in the morning. Like, I, 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 I put my feet over the bed. And before my feet hit the floor, I heard the Lord say, remember me. And before I put my feet on the Lord, on the, Lord, on the floor, I said, God, I just thank you for today. I thank you, God, today for another day, for another year to serve you. Thank you, God, for another year to serve you and to give you everything. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our life. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our church. Because as, as we have hearts of remembrance, 
then his refreshing and his restoring and his reviving is able to come into our lives because now the conduit is clear with the Lord. So let's look at Acts 3.1, and we're going to read through the story, and we're pretty much just going to park on this this morning for a few moments here. And if you don't have a Passion Bible, which I'm guessing that you don't, you can read up here. I think we have the Passion Translation up here. But it says, One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the Beautiful Gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried in place at the entrance of the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John looked straight into the eyes of the crippled man. And they said, look at us, expecting a gift. He readily, the crippled man, gave, him, um, gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man, and he pulled the man <laughs> to his feet. Suddenly, power, say suddenly. Power surged into, the crippled, into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. And as he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. When all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God, they realized it was the crippled beggar. How awesome would this be? They had passed by in the front of the beautiful gate. Astonishment swept over the entire crowd, for they were amazed over what had happened to him. Dumbfounded over what they were witnessing, the crowd ran over to Peter and John, who were standing under the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Standing there also was the healed beggar, clinging to Peter and John. With the crowd surrounding him, Peter said to them all, People of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? We didn't make this crippled man walk by our own power and authority. The God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has done this. For he has glorified his servant Jesus, the one you denied to Pilate's face when he decided to release him. And you insisted that he be crucified. You rejected the one who is holy and righteous and instead begged for a murderer to be released. You killed the prince of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we stand here as witnesses to that fact. Faith, church, faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It is faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the cri crippled man walk in, right in front of you, of your eyes. My fellow Jews, I realize that neither, um, neither you nor your leaders realize the grave mistake you made. But in spite of what you've done... God has fulfilled what he foretold through the prophets long ago about the sufferings of his anointed one. And now, he's not asking them. He's telling them. He's saying, and now you must repent and turn back to God so your sins will be removed and so that times of refreshing will stream from the Lord's presence. He wasn't asking them. He was telling them. So let's back this up, this story. I read that all for a reason, and, and I'll explain a little bit more in a bit. Let's back this up 50 days prior to this. Where was Peter? You guys know Peter, right, in the Bible? 50 days before he's preaching to the Jews who put Jesus on the cross, asked for the murderer to be released, you know, because they're still waiting for the Messiah. They don't realize it's Jesus. 50 days prior to this, Peter is denying Jesus. He's denying Jesus. I don't know if you put that together when I was reading that. Fifty days before that, he's denying Jesus. 
then what does Jesus, he, he walks up, he, he goes to Calvary, he gets crucified, he dies, he rises again, thank you, Jesus. And then you have the whole road to Emmaus, and then he's saying that it's not good that I should remain, but that I should leave, or it's better that I leave the Holy Spirit so that he can be the helper. And, and to help us do the things that God's called us to do. And then we come into the book of Acts. Jesus is in heaven. The Holy Spirit's on this scene. They get baptized with the Holy Spirit. And now we land here. Fifty days later, Peter. Peter is preaching to the Jews saying, you guys got it wrong. We got it wrong, guys. You got it wrong. You killed, you, you killed the Prince of Life. You, you, you killed the one who gave us the power for that lame beggar to be healed. This whole story, if you stand back from it, that's why I read it so many times this week, this whole story is about the grace and truth of Jesus Christ because the lame beggar gets, what? Healed. That's God's grace. And then what happens? Peter's preaching. Now what is he preaching? His truth. In John, it says, the law came from Moses, but what came through Jesus Christ? But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's not an either-or Christianity, guys. It's not grace over here, and it's not truth over here. It's a Christianity. It's a, it's a relationship. It's a walk with the Lord of grace and truth. And I see the struggle in churches right now. It's like, oh, well, we just need the grace of God. You know, God will just accept you as he is. Yeah, he will accept you for who you are. But guess what? The love of God loves me too much to leave me where I'm at, where I am. Because God is always about making us more like him. God will always be about drawing us to his heart. Always. And we were talking about this morning. He is a God of reconciliation that is always going to be causing us to be reconciled to his heart, to become more like him. God is going to be a God of reconciling marriages, reconciling families, reconciling relationships. And I say in the name of Jesus, it happens. It happens. But look at verse 18. Josiah, can you put verse 18 up, please? I love this verse. I just parked on this over and over. But in spite, he's saying this to the Jews, but in spite of what you've done, and he denied Jesus three times. And let me back up a little further before Peter denied Jesus three times. He looked at Peter, and he said, I'm praying for you, Peter. God, or Jesus said this to Peter, I'm praying that your faith won't fail. Jesus prayed that over Peter. Peter denies him. And then now Peter's speaking to the Jews, but in spite of what you've done, God has fulfilled what he foretold through the prophets long ago about the sufferings of his anointed one. And I want to say to you, but in spite of it all, there shall be a fulfillment, Ruth, in your life. There will be a fulfillment, and on your darkest nights, he's your brightest light. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In spite of it all, you're healed today, China, in the name of Jesus. In spite of it all, God could reconcile your life and make happen in a year what would take many 15 years. In spite of it all, because that's who God is. Guys, we can't mess up enough for God not to fix us. If we would just turn to him, just like we were, we were talking about in worship today, what, what was being prayed about in prayer, the only way forward is our face to the ground. 
The only way forward is surrendering to God. The only way forward is doing nothing but just on our, on our, on our, on our knees, sitting by our beds, in our house, in our kitchen, in our car, and just saying, God, I don't know how to do this, but you do, and in spite of it all, even if I've messed it up, you can make a message out of my mess. You can make every trial, God, into a testimony. And what the enemy intended for evil, God is turning around into good. Because in spite of it all, there shall be a fulfillment. Come on, let's praise God today for that. He's, uh, he's a God of grace and truth. He's a God who's always going to remind, who's going to be reminding us to come back. Just come back to me. Come back to me. And I wonder, you know, with, with communion, what does they do this in remembrance of me? I wonder if perhaps some of us need to go through seasons where we do communion every day. I wonder. I'm not telling you to, but I wonder. Just like even before my feet hit the ground and, and Jesus said, remember me. Remember me. Remember me. Because it's what causes us to go forward in strength. It's what causes us to go forward in, with the perspective that he has, with the grace and truth, with the message of Jesus Christ. And then he said, and now you must repent and turn back to God so that your sins will be removed, so that times of refreshing will stream from the presence of the Lord. You know, and, and we sang this song back in the 90s, I think. You bring times of refreshing, you know? Remember that song, that vineyard song? You bring times of refreshing, and you know, it's great. It's great. We like that part, don't we? I do. I like the parts where it says, in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. I love worship. If all I ever got to do was worship God, I would be happy, happy, happy. And that's all we're going to do in heaven is worship God. But we get so focused on that. Well, God, it just refreshed me. But it says, there's a, there's a catch there, guys. There's a catch for the refreshing of God. And that word refresh literally means, it, it's the only time it's used in the New Testament, just so you know. I won't give you the Greek word because I can't pronounce it. Epistropho, something like that. Forgive me for my poor speaking there. Um, but it, it, that refreshing is, is talking about a cooling. So it, they liken that word to like when Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. So this refreshing, it, it's like there's ease. It's just like putting your feet on the ground before you get out of bed. You just hear God's voice and saying, remember me. Because there's not a blockage in that straw. When you drink, it's clear. When you drink, it's good. When you drink, it's not toxic. It's fresh. It's free. It's flowing. That refreshing talks about a, talk about a reviving, about a restoration. But, it, but Peter said, but now you must repent and be converted. Now, before the conversion, what has to happen? The repentance has to happen before the conversion. And I, and I feel like in some, sometimes, and even in some circles, repentance is like this hard and heavy thing. Like, oh, God, oh, God, I'm just terrible. No, we're not. We're human. We're human. We have an Adamic nature. We're human. It's okay, but thank God we have the blood of Jesus. So every day we can do it in remembrance of him. So before we go to bed, maybe we need to, you know, I used to do this. I would never go to bed when I was little. 
without praying. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. And I had to hug every teddy bear. Were you that person? We had to hug every teddy bear on your bed. Everyone. I felt like I was hurting their feelings. And I had a lot. Now I have pillows everywhere in the house. Right? Yes. Yes. It's bad. It's an issue. If you ever need pillows, if you ever need pillows for your bed or your couch, just come over. It's my birthday, it's my birthday, it's my birthday. <laughs> Be nice. What was I saying? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But at night and in the morning, we remember him. In the afternoon, we remember him. And it's not a hard thing. As, as we remember him more, as we stay with our face to the ground, with our hearts surrendered, walking through life, walking through Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, driving in our car, serving at MEI, you know, working at Starbucks for not too much longer, you know, raising a child and having no playbook to do that, but you will both do it by the grace of God. Because God has anointed you and called you for such a time as this. And surely God knew the timing of all this. And his grace is upon you. But as we do this in remembrance of him, as we, just, we just do heart checks. Like, oh, God, forgive me for that. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. That was really wrong. Or I shouldn't have texted that person like that. That was really wrong. I didn't do that in peace. Or I lashed out in fear. Or I was like the angry texter. Guys, don't be the angry texter. I have a 24-hour rule, okay? And if it's really bad, 48 hours. (laughs) Train yourself. I feel like the Lord's really trained me by my phone. It's just like, hold back. Hold back. Love much. Hold back. Love much. Hold back. Love much. Especially with your spouse. (laughs) Never. And I'm going to say never. Get into it over texting. It never goes well. Come on, spouses, you know what I'm talking Come on, are we the only honest people here? I don't here? know what you're talking about. It's <laughs> good. But as we have hearts contrite before him, surrendered before him, we can, I believe we can walk through life with an attitude of repentance and be quick to repent. Just let it go. Just let it go. And as we repent, repent literally means to change your heart, change your mind. Okay? That's literally what it means. So he's saying, repent, be converted. Be converted. Um, be, being converted literally means to turn back to God and to his grace and to his truth. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And is it that simple? Yeah, I think so. I know so. I know it's that simple. You can just... just can be standing anywhere just lift your hands to Jesus and say God would you just forgive me for that or just put your hand on your heart say God would you just try me like Psalm 139 says try and see if there's any wickedness in me and lead me in the way of everlasting sometimes we have to pray a little deeper prayer like that like David did because there's parts I believe there's caverns I know for sure in my heart that there's some stuff in there that I didn't even know was there but he knows that it's there and he'll bring it to the surface and deal with it so that times of refreshing would come because God's always going to be bringing us back to a place of reconciliation with him 
And in spite of what we've done, there shall be a fulfillment. Say, in spite of what we've done, there shall be a fulfillment. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. So let's be people who confess our sins. I don't think we talk a lot about this in church. Maybe we need to talk about this more. And not to have a sin consciousness, but to have a mercy and grace consciousness. God does not, Cam, God does not want you to have a sin consciousness. He does not want you to walk around feeling bad about yourself every day. He wants us lifting our head up high. Because he loves us. He died on the cross because he loves us. He gave us a second chance, Tony, because he loves us. Charmaine, he lifted you out of that street and out of that circumstance on that day when the enemy was trying to rip your heart out. Literally, you've shared that story with me. And God came to you because he loves you. Because he loves you. Not because of anything that you have done or anything that you didn't do. Just because he loves you. And what he's done in you with his grace and his mercy and truth, he's going to do through you for his glory and for his honor, Charmaine, because he loves you. Because it's who he is. Because it's never too late to come back to God. And the prodigals are coming home, church. And if, if that witnesses to you, lift your hand up for your family. The prodigals are coming back. The prodigals are coming back. And what the enemy intended for evil, we don't have to figure out how it's turning around for good, but it is. Because God is always going to be about bringing people back to his grace and to his truth. Look at Hebrews 12. Let's stand up, church. Let's look at Hebrews 12. Josiah, do we have it there? Cherokee, can you go on the piano? It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There's a great cloud of witnesses in heaven. And they're saying, you can do it. You can do it. Just like Jesus, when he was hung on the cross, what did it say? For the joy that was set before him. And for the joy that is set before us, church, we will run our race with the grace of God. But we have to, no piano. Can we get the piano on, please? Perfect. But we got to let us, we got to just, you know, I think just, let's just put our hand on our heart. And like Psalm 139 says, God, this is King David crying out to God, God, try me, search me. And let's just have a search my heart, oh God, moment today. In a good way, because he's trying to bring us into his refreshing, his reviving, his restoring, into his life, into his joy, into his peace, into his salvation, into his heart. So God, would you try us today? God. And would you just speak to us right now in this moment? Because this is a holy moment. Jesus, we thank you for all that you've
Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only He can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.